take out the vital organs and you burn all that stuff. And that takes care of the problem. You are now listening to From the Pit. It's killing a lot of people. And welcome to another episode of From the Pit, the show where we bring you everything from bonus material to absentee podcast host. My name is <laughs> Phil. With me is Frank, Yo. Mike, Yo. and Sam. Sup? And we're not here today. No. Nah. Yeah. It is Memorial no. Day weekend. Uh, it's you know you gotta crush beers and get titties. That's it. I mean, I am I am doing those I am doing those things as as you hear this, not as I speak, but when you hear this, I will be crushing beer and titties. Not necessarily. <laughs> in <my order>. Just, <laughs> I will smash your milk bags. <laughs> Man, you will pat smears all weekend. <laughs> I'm offering a service. Um, Jeez. No, um, we, are, we, are, we are giving you we are giving you guys a preview of our bonus shit, just in case you weren't aware of it, even though we mentioned it at least two or three times per episode. But I swear to God, we are giving you paid content, so I swear to fucking God, at least one of you better go and sign up for that Patreon, or I swear to God, I will hunt you down. And smash your titties. Into your house, and and I, titties. I, I, I will smash your titties, but I will also steal one sock from every pair of socks you have, and you will be miserable. Oh, you are a... God, I thought Frank was the bastard. Yeah, yeah, Frank whoa, is whoa. not the only fucking whoa. bastard. Man. Shut up, Frank. There's, you are not the only bastard. Man there's, on a, there's, a, show. there's a code to being a bastard, damn it. You are crossing the no. line. See, that's because you're a fucking bitch. And I don't believe <laughs> I don't believe you lose. I don't I am I am an anarchistic bastard man to the very core. You can all suck my dick. Well, we hope you enjoy uh what we've brought for you today. Mm-hmm. Fucking better. And uh Buckle up, bitches. Welcome to another episode of From the Crypt, where, as always, the goal is to bring you nothing but the darkest, vilest, and most disgusting heavy metal gems ever to grace your ear. All right, in case you can't tell, I'm feeling fat and sassy today. Uh, Only one of those, which I actually am, I'll let you figure out which. Uh, This is going to be another one of those episodes today where we go on complete and total opposite ends of the tonal spectrum, and I'm kind of curious to see what you guys think about it. We're going to start off listening to... uh, Actually, something that I just discovered, no kidding, two days ago. I'd never even heard of this band. And I suppose unless you were more familiar with the uh, periphery bands or the peripheral bands it was associated with, uh, you probably wouldn't know about it. Uh, One of which I only have a passing familiarity with. Uh, That band is Ceremonial Oath, whose vocalist, I guess, founded this band after that band's dissolution and who, with another member of this same band we're about to talk about, went on to form Hammerfell, who are far more prolific, or were and are more prolific than 
Crystal Age ever were. Yes, we're going to be talking about Crystal Age and their sole release, uh, only one. Uh, and that album is called Far Beyond Divine Horizons. I've listened to it twice in the past couple days, and I would say I've been reasonably impressed with it, uh, enough so to where I think it belongs on this show. So let's take a listen to Son of Time. Crystal Age were one of the many bands in Gothenburg, Sweden, around the uh, melodic death metal explosion of the early 90s that kind of got lost in the fold. I feel like I've talked about a couple others in that range. I think Sacrilege was one we discussed on this show, and if not, I'll have to give them an entry at some point. But back to Crystal Age, uh, I'm always looking for albums that I feel replicate the feeling of the first couple of At The Gates releases. Uh several of which I've talked about on this show, namely Gardens of Grief uh, and The Red in the Sky is Ours. Although, in hindsight, I feel like that episode should have been The Red in the Sky is Ours and With Fear I Kiss the Burning Darkness. <sighs> well, can't go back and fix it, I guess. So I've all, I'm always looking for old-school melodic death metal bands and albums that replicate the feel of The Red in the Sky is Ours, that kind of crazed, uh, unpredictable tendency with uh, unusual song structures, uh, strange kind of, not atonal, but uh, unusual riffing. And this is one of those albums that very much gave me the feel of The Red in the Sky is Ours and With Fear I Kiss the Burning Darkness. And if you're like me and you like that kind of more strange, pre-Slaughter of the Soul style uh, melodic death metal, which 
let's be fair, Slaughter of the Soul had an entirely, entirely undeserved influence on melodic death metal, and I feel kind of ruined it in a lot of ways. I mean, there are bands who kind of took that sound and made it a little better, like I suppose In Flames did on albums like Horacle uh, and The Jester Race, both of which were far superior to Slaughter of the Soul. Uh, but you know what? I'm not going to get off on that tangent again. I've talked about it on the regular show already, and I'm not going to make you listen to it all over again. So Crystal Age is uh, far beyond Divine Horizons. You know what? I think it's... Uh I think it's one of those albums that does deserve to be talked about a little bit more. I mean, it may not have the the subtlety and the sheer brilliance of the early At the Gates material, but you know what? It's kind of like it's kind of like Dark Tranquility's uh, Sky Dancer, which I will also have to talk about on this show at some point. Absolutely. Uh, so. You know what? Go go check this out because trying to find a physical copy of this in any regard on any format is near impossible. Believe me, I tried. I think the cheapest copy I found anywhere was just under $75, which, you know, this is a good album, but I don't know if I'm quite willing to drop $75 on it yet. I mean, the most I ever spent on an album, a physical, was Pestilence's Consuming Impulse, and I think that was 50 Still don't regret it, though. Fucking great album. <sighs> now, yeah, so... Go on YouTube, there are a couple different uploads of Crystal Ages Far Beyond Divine Horizons. Also, it has a really cool cover that kind of reminds me of Nocturnus's Thresholds album, which, you know, I feel like I should... I know I've already talked about Nocturnus on this show, but I feel like not enough people give Thresholds enough of a shot. Also, I have an original print of that album, so that's pretty cool, too. Uh, just go check this album out, you'll know what I'm talking about. Crystal Age, Far Beyond Divine Horizons. That track we listened to, by the way, was called Son of Time. I believe it is track four off of that album. Yeah, the whole thing is uploaded in uh, individual in individual chunks on YouTube. It's a really cool album. Go check it out. <sighs> All right, moving right along. Uh, like I said, we are going to be going on the complete and total opposite end of the tonal spectrum. Uh, we're going from complex, uh, unusual strange melodic death metal to something that is not melodic in the least not whatsoever uh we're going to be talking about a little band called slaughter now slaughter are you know they're they're remembered in the underground pretty fondly uh i would say that some of the praise to a degree they get is not maybe not quite totally warranted i mean they were not an amazing band by any stretch of the imagination, but they were hugely influential. They're kind of like, think Necrovore. Uh, if any of any of you are familiar with Necrovore, then you know what I'm talking about. Necrovore were not an incredibly talented band, but their sound was so groundbreaking and influential for thrash and death metal in general, especially in the United States, that it made a mark. And Slaughter's album, Strapado, yeah, we're going to be talking about Strapato from 1987 absolutely fits that bill. It's one of those albums, you know, on that long list of um, releases where, you know, it may not be revolutionary uh, to our ears today, but back then, you know, it it made an impact. All right. <sighs> but, you know, musically, it's not the greatest thing in the world. But, man, it is just full of incredibly headbangable riffs one of which we are going to take a listen to. This is Slaughtered Souls, or not, oh, god damn it, I'm, I can't fucking get that shitty album out of my head. This is 
Tortured Souls off of Slaughter's 1987 full-length release, Strapado. Bloop. <laughs> out of warm weather I'm getting where I live, I feel like I'm more enthusiastic doing these. I really wish it could be this nice around here all year because I feel like I would be more enthusiastic on a lot of these episodes than I normally am. Uh, but you know what? Getting back to Strapado by Slaughter. Uh, this is one of those one of those albums kind of similar to the Bathory debut, which upon my first listen, I didn't like it at all. I mean, whatsoever. I didn't like anything about it. But coming back to it about a year later, suddenly it clicked with me. Actually, uh, an album I mentioned earlier, The Red in the Sky is Ours, absolutely the same way. I came back to that album two years after initially hearing it, and everything, and I mean everything about that album, clicked for me all at once. God, I can't snap for shit. God damn it. <sighs> Ruin the effect. But yeah, man, I mean... This is another one of those uh, one of those underground gems that, you know, maybe musically speaking, not as great as it could be. But you know what? The influence, uh, especially once you start talking to a lot of bands who kind of came after them, uh, who some of their biggest influences were, uh, a lot of them would probably mention Slaughter and especially the Strapado album, at least in passing. I'd be willing to bet even a lot of bands even today who are in the kind of death thrash vein, would probably say the same thing. And, you know, uh, well, I would say it's at least mostly deserved. You know, hey, they came out with a landmark album. It's it's kind of like if Cryptic Slaughter and DRI, you know, decided to play stuff that sounded more like early death, like, pre, like pre-death Mantis era stuff and like Scream Bloody Gore. You know, it... You can't deny that's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> it may not be the most it may not be the most polished album in the world by any stretch of the imagination and you know some of the performances are a little dodgy sometimes but hey it's some headbangable shit and I would certainly pit to it if I were ever to see it uh 
performed live. Uh, so yeah, Crystal Age and Slaughter. Uh, I feel uh, one band absolutely revered in the underground, obviously Slaughter. One not so much. Uh, one that kind of just got lost in the mix uh, during the early Gothenburg era. Crystal Age. Honestly, I mean, I've heard, I've only heard a little bit of uh, Hammerfell, and you know, they're fine. I'm not nearly as enthusiastic about power metal as I am about old school death metal, especially early mellow death like this. Uh, and you know, honestly, I'll probably have to give ceremonial oath a nod at some point on this show too. But you know, go check go check both of these albums out on YouTube or something. I believe I think that uh, reissues of Strapato can still be come by. I'm not sure who's putting them out. Don't even bother looking for a copy of Crystal Ages of Beyond Divine Horizons because you, you just you won't find it. It's pretty much done. It's like the Although, you know what, I hear that the old Sacrilege albums, uh, like Lost in the Beauty You Slay and the Fifth Season, are in fact getting re-released at some point. I will have to find more information on that, because though, well, Lost in the Beauty You Slay is good, the other one not so much. So who knows, I mean, maybe somebody, maybe some label will dig up the old Crystal Age full-length album at some point and say, you know what, this is worth re-releasing. And if they do... I'll be sure to pick it up, and I think I'll probably tell you guys where you can find it, too. All right, I've rambled on long enough. I need to go make some dinner. So thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, I know there's just a few of you, but believe me, it means the world to me that you guys are donating and you know helping me realize this dream I have of screaming at people about metal albums that almost no one else in the world cares about. <sighs> tell your friends, patreon.com slash from the pit, blah, 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 blah. You know how it goes. And... I'll see you next time. Klaatu! Miranda! From the super aggro crank, Rami! Antiquated gentlemen, outlaws reduced to a very swill of a trio. Move as a god perceived in black gums. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode from the side stage. We talk about a bunch of stuff that's not metal. It's gonna be a good episode, guys, I promise. With Miss Phil. Hi. Hi there, Phil. How you doing, buddy? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> feeling, feeling sprightly? Ooh. How about you, Mike? Hi. You feeling sprightly? And pert. Can't fucking do this anymore. <laughs> damn it! Damn it! God damn it! No, 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 no! You were supposed to say you were supposed to say Frank. I was like, you know, fucking people pay for this. <laughs> you can suck. God damn it! Uh, boy. I know I'm fine. <laughs> I fucked up Frank's life. I'm so uh, sorry. All right. Uh, so, oh god. This is the show where we talk about yeah. non-metal. Mm-hmm. Stealing my fucking intro. Yeah. Well, you were fucking Come around on. over there. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we got shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Frank. <laughs> all right. Oh, I feel good. Uh, well. <sighs> You know what? Oh, this first, uh, ooh, this first one. Of course it's Phil. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And uh, <laughs> just a, a quick thank you if you're listening. We we massively appreciate the support. Thank you. Yeah, we really do. <sighs> despite despite what my, my little friend has to say about it. You know. How, uh, 
this first one, this is something that you could potentially hear on the uh, on the regular show at some point, but uh, it just felt appropriate. Uh, I don't I don't think we've talked about these guys enough, honestly, uh, for how massively important they are in the history of punk and hardcore. Um, that being said, it still kind of falls outside of the range of what we normally talk about. Uh, and I thought this was a good place to fucking bring him in. Tom, go ahead and roll that. <clears throat> How about them hogs? Right! Living under a fucking rock. That was Jocko Rama <laughs> off of the Dead Kennedys 1985 release, Frankenchrist. <laughs> so, Dead Kennedys is always one of those things when it's put on, it's like, oh, it's goon time. It's time to be a hooligan. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go chase some skirts. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're so fucking, there's so much to say about, about the Dead Kennedys. Their innovation in punk, bringing in all kinds of different elements. Yeah. I mean, and there you heard psychedelic shit, surf rock, like, mm-hmm. like all kinds like of... Nerd indie rock. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and and the fucking cherry on top is fucking Jello Biafra and his, his just fucking biting sarcasm. <laughs> uh, it's so fucking vicious and there's no one else who can really do it the way that he does you know his ability really is he's very much one of a kind yeah uh you know he 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 has an approach to cultural topics that just uh if anyone else tried to do it they would sound like an angsty fucking teenager (laughs) 
it's funny you're right i think because maybe sarcasm is really the only way to describe like that vocal style because that's what i really loved about uh a previous bring-in of mine i'm a robot where it, it's completely different and it's like pop music but the uh, front man is is definitely uh bringing inspiration from that vocal style and it gives it that sort of tongue-in-cheek like sarcasm throughout the whole thing where you're like this isn't happy music you mm. know what i mean no, I mean, they're covering, they're always covering really shitty situations. Uh, you'll get songs like fucking Soup is Good Food, and it's like, <laughs> that's goofy as shit, what the fuck is this about? And it's about mass layoffs, and mm-hmm. how, you, <laughs> yeah, you're going to live off of soup, but it's okay, soup is good food, right. you know. Uh, uh, it, it's it's just such a fucking, it's such a fun approach, but it, it, it's it's shoving everything in your face at the same time. Uh, also, can I just say, like, the Dead Kennedys performed one of my favorite covers of all time, and that's their version of David Allen Coe's Take This Job and Shove It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those rare instances of a cover actually being more fun and more entertaining than the original song. Because, like, I mean, they triple the speed of the song. And it just, oh, yes. It's so <laughs> fun and goofy. And every time I hear it, I'm just like, God damn it, this is so fucking fun. It's, I can't help but smile every time I hear that song. Yeah. It's so fucking great. It, it doesn't hurt that they were also musically just fucking incredibly talented. Uh, everything about it was just the, the perfect fucking combination. Uh, and while there's a lot, of, a lot of controversy with what happened later, uh, I mean, they really fucked over Jello uh, and were out there for a while, probably still touring with some fucking some fucking clown as the front man <laughs> uh, uh so if you happen to see that the dead kennedys are performing near you don't give that shit any sort of money it, it's not it's not actually the dead kennedys uh yeah you're, you're much better off going to see jello biafra and the guantanamo school of medicine <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is still just as fun uh check them out if you haven't yet but uh yeah, Dead Kennedys. What what more can I fucking say? Absolute fucking icons. Fantastic, fantastic way to start this off. It's too too new, too well known, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. I know, dude. It's like it's like the stupid fucking punk kids who think that saying that they hate the Misfits or that like it's like oh the Grazer is the worst. Like, uh, it's even the stupid. It's like stupid punk kids trying to get cred. I'm like, you, man, nobody cares. You get motherfuckers who think they're too cool for the fucking Sex Pistols or the Ramones, and it's like, dude. It's like, you I don't, calm, calm your tits. Like, you know where this I'll, came I'll, from? I'll be <laughs> totally honest. I've heard Nevermind the Bollocks. That album sucks to me. I can't stand it, but I do goddamn love the Ramones. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the it's, and not to go off on too much of a tangent, because we got to keep this kind yeah. of short, but... I mean, the, the, the Sex Pistols brought an attitude to it that still permeates the fucking music. And, yeah, yeah, that's uh, fair. I, I, just, I just hated that album. Oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, musically, they were garbage. But yeah, totally. it's still an important album. And the Ramones, I mean, for fuck's sake. I'll be totally it's honest. What... Like, Cretan like, Hop has always been and will always be the jam. Yeah, there, there's a reason I think three or four years ago, Wisdom and Chains did a full fucking Ramon set at Tsunami Fest, and it was fucking that's awesome. Fucking, really? yeah. That's fucking sick, and I wish I could have seen that. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, the perfect band to do it, too. 
<laughs> I mean, they've written songs about how the Ramones affected them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, shirt on today. Yes, sir. Let's uh, let's keep let's keep rolling on this bitch. All right. So, Phil, have you heard of this next band? I have. <laughs> so, would it surprise you to know that I actually saw them in my hometown? And I fucking loved every second of it. Not particularly, no. I wouldn't okay. find that all that shocking. No. Uh, for some reason, some people do. Especially when they see this album. I'm like, you like this band? I'm like, fuck yeah, I like this band. And this is probably going to be one of the only, maybe the only pop punk bring in I ever have on this show. And you know what? I'm, I, I, I just want to let it speak for itself. So, Tom, roll it. <laughs> so uh, how fu- how fucking fun was that? Yeah, how man. How much fucking, how much fucking fun were you having? <laughs> so I mean, it's one of those things like you'll you'll typically see me uh, not not very pleasantly respond to most uh, quote unquote pop punk, uh, despite the fact that I I'm you know permanently rocking a, a Milo tattoo. Uh, yeah, fair. It's. Fair. Uh, there are there are bands that get it, and and these guys are one of them. And then there's bands that were just so fucking obnoxiously poppy uh, that it it it's lost the punk edge entirely, which is why I hate fucking Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two and all that other bullshit. Uh, but I mean, if I'm I'm being t- totally honest, I actually do own a couple Green Day albums. But you know what? I grew up with them. We all did. Were one of them. I, yeah, I get it. And you know what? They they do have a couple albums that do have a place in my heart. I but get it. You know what? For, yeah, for no, me the it, the nostalgia glasses are so far removed at this point that I just can't with any of it. But regardless, which, uh, you know what? I, I'm willing to bet is actually a good thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, know, I, I still have my copies of Dookie and Nimrod up on my fucking shelf there. But, but um, yeah, it's uh. So, like I said, I actually had the the great pleasure of seeing this band in my old hometown in Central California. They randomly came to a sports bar. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing at a fucking they were playing at a fucking sports bar there, and uh, there were a couple of local bands who opened up for them, and it, it was actually a fucking blast. It was honestly one of the most fun shows I ever went to in my hometown. See, that's exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I mean. Is these guys probably looked at it and were like, "This is not at all the venue for us. We have to do this." <laughs> like, they, I, I imagine them being fun as shit. Yeah. 
Oh, dude. So I should probably get this the fuck out of the way. That was a band called Teenage Bottle Rocket. And that was the track In the Basement, which I'm amazed that I have not heard this as like an and I'm amazed that I have not heard this as like the ending credit song in a horror movie. Like, because I feel it would fit perfectly. I can see was, this in a trauma film yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. yeah. Or, and it was off of an album, uh, the album I actually happen to own, which is called Warning Device. And I'm just going to let you know right now, every track on this fucking album is just an absolute fucking bang. It is, it is just nonstop fun the whole way through. It's like, how have this band not toured with Andrew WK? That would be like one of the most fun that shows would in the be world. Fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Fucking teenage bottle rocket and Andrew WK. Like the only way you can make that better is if you threw Guar into the mix. Oof, like yeah. that's the only that's the only way that show would be more fucking fun. I can I can tell you why it hasn't happened because literally people would explode with joy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd love to see him on something either like that or opening for like fucking Dagnasty and the Descendants. Like <laughs> it would just be fucking, you know, that perfect fucking lineup. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, this is a fun fucking bring. To be honest, I had completely forgotten about these guys. You know, I think a lot of people have, and you know, that's that's kind of the reason I wanted to bring it in because I don't hear this band. Nobody fucking talks about it. Even the people I know who love pop punk, a lot of them don't seem to know about this band. And I'm just like, how the how the fuck do you not know Teenage Bottle Rocket, man? This band is like, fu- they're again, they're like Andrew WK. They're like fun music personified. It's just. It, they're the living they're the living embodiment of it they really are and again that was the track in the basement off of the album warnings which i highly suggest you go pick up nice. or go on you or go fucking <clears throat> stream it or whatever bullshit i don't know well so far we've we've built a nice little fucking punk rock starter kit yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 you want you want to get into <laughs> you want to get into the fun side of it that's the way to go and then then when you want to get into the ugly side that's when you start listening to like despise you and infest and negative approach <laughs> and chromags chromags <laughs> i uh, shit you uh, not dudes like every time i read the to world peace i'm just like this is <laughs> like this is one of the first songs that was like a true harsh dose of reality yeah it's just like oh anyway. like this is the real this is the real world in punk form jesus all right, so let's uh let's keep it moving, boys. What do we got next? Oh yeah, well, Frank. The uh the punk train's coming to an end. Um, ah shit. Bringing in a act called the Midnight. So we're just gonna t- Tom play this. <laughs>
feel like I'm fucking gearing up for an 80s action movie. From right? The, from the <laughs> moment I saw that sweet, sweet airbrushed font and that, that Vice-styled cover. Yeah. Blast some fucking cyborgs with my laser pistol. <laughs> never yes. going to see it coming. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, oh, the, the fucking, like, the build-up of everything yeah. in the track is fucking fantastic. You've got the fucking, like, drum going. And once the synths start coming in and out here, like, it becomes so fucking lush sounding. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. It, and every now and again, just that, like, almost robotic voice going, Nocturnal. You're like, <sighs> yeah, thank you. This I, is exactly what I want. I, I just, I want all of the music that sounds like it could have fit into Kung Fury. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a great idea. Um, oh, God. If I'm to understand this correctly, this is a. Uh, Hold on, let me uh, let me pull it up. This is uh, so it's it's one dude Tyler uh says a songwriter from from the deep south and uh, Tim McEwen who is a producer from Denmark. So, got two different dudes producing this it, this beautiful fucking I guess we call it retro wave. It's interesting. I'm looking through their fucking yes. through their their tour dates and everything's in like, you know, uh, Texas, LA, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Denmark. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just one Europe date. <laughs> Would I be putting you on the spot to wonder why uh, was that off the instrumental? Or off of the regular album. Uh, there is tracks with, with lyric. Uh, sorry, vocals. Okay, I mean that's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm just curious because they also have an instrumental version. If you're not into the vocals. Oh. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of variety in these releases. There's also a ton of them. So, uh, thank you. I'm mm-hmm. gonna be I'm gonna be listening to that on the way home tonight. Oh yeah, you're gonna. Well, obviously you need to get like some sweet sunglasses. I'm like, gonna wear them in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. duh. Right. Actually, you just remind me. I need to. I need to buy a new pair of mirrored aviators because I lost mine. So. <sighs> mirrored aviators are the fuck. I know. I. I got. I know. I gotta. I gotta have them before this is hardcore. Like I cannot. I cannot go there this summer without having a pair of those. And and Mike, be, when you're, I'm sorry, Mike, when you're uh, when you're listening to this and drive, make sure to stop at somewhere else to get yourself some hair gel. Right. Extreme hold. <laughs> Put that up. Maybe spray it a bit. Aquanet, sure. dude. Yeah. There you go. Aquanet. <laughs> God damn it! I'm gonna go buy some fucking Aquanet. It's happening. I need like I need like a fucking silver jacket too. You know the kind I'm talking about. Oh fuck yeah! Also, to uh, if you want to find that, go to themidnight.bandcamp.com. I can't believe they got that fucking Bandcamp page. Right. That's yeah. That's a. By the way, this is this this was in my wish list like a minute into the. <laughs> oh so. yeah, absolutely. Oh man! All right, so what's next? Oh, all right, up next, Mike. Mikey, what are you finishes? What are you finishing off with, buddy? Well, let's go in blind. Ooh. Take my clothes 
all the right fucking elements of disco and funk blended really smoothly into that, uh, and fucking phenomenal uh, vocal control. I know. I know. Can you can you fucking imagine if this had come out in '73? What a fucking hit that would have been. Yeah, but I'm almost worried if it came out in '73, it would have gotten left back in 73 i'm actually glad that i stumbled across this now yeah <clears throat> this is a, a new release um from chelsea wilson called chasing gold now there are a few tracks on this album that do lean a little bit more towards like a, a disco sort of a spine but uh the tracks on here that she has that really in the pocket blend <clears throat> of everything uh, is just fantastic yeah uh, i had to say like that bass tone is on point like yeah you know it, it she's doing everything right that the whole fucking quote-unquote neo soul movement does wrong <laughs> uh, like it's it's a it's clean production but it, it's not there's not like that fucking sheen to it right like, right you know, I, I don't feel like it's sugar-coated. Like, there's some there's some bite to this. No, and you can, I mean, like you said, I mean, due to that, you can tell that, I mean, she's talented, not the engineer. Yeah. So, she's got a couple releases. Uh, there's another full album back in 2014 that's worth a check, and you can find that at chelseawilson.bandcamp.com. Nice. Get a little funky. Man, what a way to end. Jeez. Mm-hmm. It. Again, another another diverse episode. I love the love the flavors y'all bring to the table. Yeah, nice. I mean we you know we had both ends of the uh, punk spectrum and of v- variety. Otherwise, I can't really yeah. pin down <laughs> the rest <laughs> succinctly. Uh, well, I mean it is the you know spice of life and all. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, considering we don't sure, have a fifth I didn't member. Come back for us, right? <laughs> I swear to God, if there's ever a full episode of this shit, I'm I'm done. The Pee Wee conductor. <laughs> You're telling me you're gonna quit on this now. People pay for this, you know. God damn it. God uh, damn it. <laughs> Fuck all you. <laughs> oh, not bad for making it up on the spot. I made everyone angry. I love it. I made everyone want to. I made everyone else on this show want to quit at the same time, and right. I feel more proud of that than anything else I've ever done. God damn it! You know what? Thanks for the support. Peace.